Well, thank you again to all of those who have been a part of our worship service. Uh, for Pam Pash, who was our liturgist this morning, for our uh, Wesley Choir and praise team, who sings all of our music for us, for Gary Brubaker, who so excellently puts our music together, um, for Carl Thomas Gladstone, and for that uh, hymn from Charles Wesley this morning. Thank you. Um, again, we're starting this new series talking about music and our songs of faith because music tells our story of faith. And sometimes that music is hymns or praise songs. And sometimes those are found on top 40 radio. And sometimes they're just the songs within our hearts. The hymns that we'll look at during the series are ones that y'all have sent in as some of your favorites. Now I know that this is not the complete or an extensive list, um, but as there are so many other songs and praise songs to be sung. So this is just a few, um, and we'll hear some of the stories of these hymns, of how they were written, how they came to be, who wrote them, and what do they tell us about faith. We're looking at, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, how great thou art, in the garden, it is well with my soul, and amazing grace. And so today, Oh, for a thousand tongues. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A lot of times I get questions about um, what does the United Methodist Church believe? Um, what is our theology? Our theology is the study of God um, or what we believe about issues of faith and God and the divine and the holy and all of those things. Um, and, you know, that's a big question. <laughs> what do we believe as United Methodists? There's a whole lot that we believe. Um, there's what we believe about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, um, about God, about all of the things, right? Um, and so where do we find that information? Where do we find what we believe? Well, of course, we find some of that in the scriptures, absolutely. Um, we find the scriptures telling us the stories of our faith, the stories of what we believe. But there are also other theological documents that we have as a part of our belief as the United Methodist Church. John Wesley is one of our founders of the Methodist Church, and so his sermons and notes and Bible studies are places where we find some of our theology. Um, we have our United Methodist Book of Discipline, which has some of our theological statements, some of our beliefs on social issues. Um, there is also the uh, Book of Resolutions, which has more, um, more of our opinions, beliefs um, on other social issues. Um, there are so many things that we have um, about what our United Methodist theology is. Um, our Book of Discipline also tells us how we organize ourselves as the church. So we have these, we have a lot. Um, and also, in addition to these, I think um, one of the, a couple of the books that maybe people don't think of right away as telling our theology is our hymnal. Um, our hymnal or our book of worship um, or um, the faith we sing, uh, these are also theological documents. They tell our theology, uh, they tell us what we believe in words and in song. So 
We are based as the United Methodist Church on Wesleyan theology, which is based on fundamental Christian beliefs or Orthodox Christian beliefs. Um, and most of that you can find within the Apostles' Creed. Um, but we have this kind of fundamental that we, um, as, as most Christian churches, we have this, this belief. Um, and also as a part of our Wesleyan theology, some of the areas that we focus on um, are things like new life or growth in grace, um, going on to perfection, uh, prevenient grace, uh, justifying grace, sanctifying grace, the sanctification process, and social holiness. Uh, John Wesley, again, the founder of uh, Methodism, said there is no holiness besides ho social holiness. And so in United Methodism, we often tie personal piety with social holiness together. That's, I guess that's kind of our basic theology in a nutshell. Um, now, we have so many people who study theology. Um, and as a clergy person, there are so many things that we are required to know um, and are tested on by our district committees on ministry or our boards of ordained ministry. Um, I'm on both our district committee and our board of ordained ministry. So um, there is a lot of studying that happens. Again, we have lots of ways that we tell our beliefs. And our beliefs come through in our songs. Charles Wesley wrote our first hymn for today, um, or our first hymn in the series, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. And even just a few minutes ago, I talked about John Wesley as kind of the founder of Methodism, which is mostly true. Um, however, I think that we don't often talk about Charles Wesley enough. Uh, Charles Wesley was John's younger brother, um, and he played a huge and still plays a huge role in our in our denomination and our faith as well. Charles Wesley was actually the one who started the Holiness Clubs. Um, John Wesley gets the credit for it uh, because John came in to what Charles had started and and just organized it a little bit better um, and extended it and became one of the leaders. Um, but Charles Wesley began this process. Charles is um, one of 18 children. Yeah, that's right, 18 children. Um, he's the son of Samuel and Susanna Wesley, 18 children. Um, and um, followed along in faith in sort of the steps, the steps of his family. In 1735, uh, John and Charles Wesley both went to America or came to America from England to evangelize. And they had slightly different audiences that they wanted to evangelize and slightly different ways of going about it. And for both of them, this was a failure. Um, they both left uh, America and went back to England uh, feeling defeated and feeling like this was a flop. Um, they had different reasons for that, um, but the, the emotions and the feelings were the same. So they returned to England in 1736, both discouraged and in this sort of faith crisis. Charles Wesley had a conversion of faith um, on May 21st, 1738. So this is several years after, I guess, that first, you know, doubting or crisis of faith. He had this conversion or reconverting um, of faith in, in 1738. 
His brother, John Wesley, um, would have a similar experience at Aldersgate just a few days later, just about a week later. Uh, but following his conversion, Charles Wesley felt called to evangelize and to spread the gospel to ordinary people. And he did this a lot by preaching and writing poems and hymns. Many of Charles Wesley's poems and hymns were the lyrics that he wrote, and a lot were also using similar tunes of the day, which were bar songs. Um, and so these uh, hymns and lyrics from Charles Wesley were put together with these traditional bar songs. Um, so if you kind of think about um, today, how that might happen today of, um, you know, some of our hymns being paired with, I don't know, music from Harry Styles or music from Lizzo or music from Beyonce. Um, so that's sort of how some of these songs got their start. Some of them, not all of them. Um, Charles Wesley was a skilled uh, lyricist, writer, along with theologian and musician. There is an estimate that Charles Wesley wrote somewhere between 6,500 and 10,000 hymns. That is a lot of them. Um, and we don't have all of them in our hymnal, obviously. Um, some of his most famous or most known hymns or most recognizes, recognized hymns are Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, um, Christ the Lord is Risen Today, uh, which we sing just about every Easter, uh, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and there are so many more that he's written. Uh, many of Charles Wesley's hymns are paraphrases of psalms or other parts of scripture. So if they sound familiar in their words, it's likely that you've read them in scripture. Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing uh, was written uh, as a anniversary song. Um, Charles Wesley, as a part of his conversion, um, he had pleurisy. Um, and so as he was sick, he was taken care of by a group of Christians. And these group of Christians who took care of them, they testified to him, they shared the gospel with him, they shared their faith with him along with the compassion and care that they took for him, uh, took of him. And Charles Wesley was so moved by their care and testimony that he said it renewed his faith, um, that it was the care that he received um, from other people that really renewed his faith in God. He wrote about this experience in his journal, and after his experience of renewal of faith, um, John Wesley, his brother, had a similar experience of renewal of faith. Um, and when they got together to talk about their, their renewal together, um, they sang a hymn together that Charles Wesley wrote. Now, it wasn't this hymn in particular. It was another one that they sang together. Um, but a year after that experience, Charles Wesley wrote, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Now, the original title of this was called On the Anniversary of One's Conversion. It's a super catchy title. I know you're going to be just singing that in your head all day long. On the anniversary of one's conversion story. I can't even come up with a tune for it. Um, and um, not only was it the super catchy title, uh, but it also had 18 verses. And so I thought, wouldn't that be great if we just sang them all right now? So, oh, we're not going to sing all of them. I'm just kidding. But I do want to read them to you. Um, these 18 verses of the original, 
Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, or on the anniversary of one's conversion. Um, in fact, the Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, the first verse that we usually think of uh, when we hear the song, actually wasn't until the seventh verse of the song. So this is the original on the anniversary of one's conversion. Glory to God and praise and love be ever, ever given by saints below and saints above the church and earth and heaven. On this glad day, the glorious sun of righteousness arose. On my benighted soul, he shone and filled it with repose. Suddenly expired the legal strife. Twas then I ceased to grieve. My second real living life, I then began to live. Then with my heart, I first believed, believed with faith divine, power with the Holy Ghost received to call the Savior mine. I felt my Lord's atoning blood close to my soul applied. Me, me, he loved, the Son of God, for me, for me he died. I found and owned his promise true, ascertained of my part. My pardon passed in heaven, I know, when written on my heart. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my dear Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of his grace. My gracious Master and my God, assist me to proclaim to spread through all the world abroad the honors of thy name. Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease. Tis music in the sinner's ears. Tis life and health and peace. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest cling clean. His blood availed for me. He speaks and listening to his voice, new life the dead receive. The mournful broken hearts rejoice, the humble poor believe. Hear him ye deaf, his praise ye dumb, your loosened tongues employ. Ye blind behold your savior come, and leap ye lame for joy. Look unto him ye nations own, your God ye fallen race, Look and be saved through faith alone. Be justified by grace. See all your sins on Jesus laid. The Lamb of God was slain. His soul was once an offering made for every soul of man. Harlots and publicans and thieves in holy triumph, in holy triumph join. Saved is the sinner that believes from crimes as great as mine. Murderers and all ye hellish crew, ye sons of lust and pride, believe the Savior died for you. For me, the Savior died. Awake from guilty nature's sleep, and Christ shall give you light. Cast all your sins into the deep, and wash the eve up white. With me, your chief, ye then shall know, shall feel your sins forgiven, anticipate your heaven below, and own that love is heaven. It's beautiful, isn't it? And it does tell this theology. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to me? And also the story of conversion, the second life that I have. 
that Jesus died for me. Yes, even for me. It's beautiful. And maybe you thought about that as you've sung this song, um, as you've heard this song, that you've thought about it as, as even your own song of faith or song of conversion. But if you haven't, what would your song of conversion be? Would it be something similar to this? What would you write about what you believe about Jesus, about grace, about who God is, about the life that you've been given? How many verses would you write? Would it be 18 or more or less? Would you write uh, verses that encourage others to believe? What would your song of faith be? I think my song of faith comes similar to Charles and John Wesley after a crisis of faith. In 2012, um, it feels like it was just yesterday. Don't correct me. I know it was longer ago, but um, in 2012, I had this, this crisis of faith. My best friend had died in January and things just kind of went downhill from there. Um, a number of things happened. I questioned God. Um, I questioned my faith. I had experiences of disillusionment of the church universal. And it was just so many things, kind of one right after another. It was, it was, it was awful. And maybe you've had a crisis of faith like that, and you know that feeling. During that year, um, I wanted nothing more to do with God. I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to have faith. I didn't want any of it. And I wish that I could say that there was that one moment that like, ah, it all came rolling back. Um, it wasn't necessarily a moment, um, but I did have a conversion. I was attending uh, a conference, a workshop, uh, and I was on the beach in Southern California. I was at Laguna Beach, and I stood on the beach there um, watching the waves roll in and having a discussion with God. And this song just sort of welled up in my soul. And it was just this song that said, everything will be okay. Now, those are words that my best friend used to say to me. Um, she used to tell me, I just know that everything will be okay. And as I sat there watching the, the waves roll in, this song just bubbled up in my soul. Everything will be okay. And that day on the beach, I committed to put my soul back together which that isn't what happened, of course. Um, my soul had been shattered and broken in so many pieces. And as I found those pieces, as I still find those pieces, they were put back together, not in their original shape or form, but in this beautiful mosaic of cracks and shards, kind of like stained glass glued together with grace. Everything will be okay. And that's one of the verses of my song of conversion. I sing it to myself when I need to be reminded. Everything will be okay. 
I have other reminders, um, like the tattoo that I have actually is from that time as well. It reminds me of the God that I believe in, one of faith, hope, and love, a God of resurrection, a God of grace. That's another verse of my song of faith. What's yours? What's the song of faith that you sing to yourself? Maybe it's a song that's found in our hymnal, or maybe it's that one that just bubbles up. Maybe the tune changes every time. Everything will be okay. Hope, resurrection, new life. Jesus died for me. Yes, for me. What is your song of faith? These songs that we sing, well, for maybe some of us, reading theology is amazing. And you could sit for days or hours or days or weeks just reading theology. And for some of us, that's just not where our bread gets buttered. But the songs, they tell us our faith. They tell us our theology. They remind us of who we are and what we believe. Sometimes may they, maybe they remind us what we feel. Jesus died for me, yes, even for me. They help to ground us in our faith. So may we sing our songs. May we be reminded. May they convert us all over again. Thanks be to God. Amen.